You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, I'm Shovik Das. I'm Leslie Demonte and I'm Deepthi Ahuja. You're listening to Mint Tech Setra, a podcast where we will talk about important developments in technology and how they will transform our lives, work and play as we know it. Welcome back ladies and gentlemen to the Mint Tech Setra podcast. We are back with our third episode. On the first two episodes, we did speak a lot about the Consumer Electronics Show. Last episode, we found out that Deepthi, who's our co-host, doesn't mind spending $200 for the robot <laughs> AI assistant. In fact, she's very sure that she's going to spend that money, which makes us think that she likes to spend on things that um matter uh, to her. <laughs> well, let's just keep it at that. But yes. uh, we have spent a week in between, and uh, you know, before we go ahead with all the newsy stuff and all, Leslie, what's been happening? What ha- have you seen? Anything interesting that's caught your eye in the past one week? Oh, absolutely! You know, in fact, actually, I'm going to go a little contra because I remember last week we spoke about you know how AI enables smartphones and generative AI enables smartphones. Right. Uh, you know, gaining ground. I shared some numbers also. Uh, during the episode and in fact after that you wrote a primer whether yes. ai can save uh, smartphones of course the point is whether i don't think there's any option so you have ai is already there in a smartphones so whether it can save or not is really a inconsequential question but the point is like whether the point is whether they can charge for ai features I personally don't feel that they will ever be able to do that because uh, it's going to be very hard for anybody to do that. But uh, uh, that's a, a different uh, subject altogether. Right. I want to point out to a research that I, uh, you know, somebody shared with me. So it says that a group of researchers from the University of Milano, Bicocca. and uh, suspi so this is the italian basically right uh, so they did a longitudinal study in fact there were two two studies basically they say that early smartphone usage uh, before the age of 12 does not bring benefits oh. now yeah yeah so they did a longitudinal study so longitudinal studies typically are those kind of studies done over a period of time they're pretty detailed kind of studies the only caveat out here being that these were done on italian children but i think you know the sample size was in thousands and uh, very well researched one so the first study uh, which is titled the age of the smartphone and analysis of social predictors of children's age of access and you know, it's a long kind of title right. but basically it just says you know that uh, uh while uh, it shows that females and students from less educated families are more likely to receive smartphones earlier and it also uh, among other things the second study uh it uh, shows that when they uh, you know they studied two cohorts so the research encompassed a kind of an age range uh, of 10 to 14 years comparing those who acquired the device at 10 and 11 years old during the transition from primary to uh, lower secondary school to those who received it in later years specifically at 12 13 and 14 years of age right. and the total uh, sample size was about 1672 but these were all italian students now the results 
Now, this is something that we should carefully listen. The results do not indicate, and I'm quoting from the study, do not indicate any benefits at the end of the lower secondary school for those who obtain smartphones early, even for the most academically motivated students. However, participants who built intensive media usage habits before owning a smartphone, that is in uh, kind of, you know, more than two hours per day of TV and video games, etc., they experienced a significant negative impact on their Italian language learning. So this is... Yeah, uh, pretty interesting. So actually, basically, the researchers are, uh, you know, sort of saying that uh, uh, these results not only confirm uh, the existence of negative relationships between early smartphone usage and life outcomes in the long run, but also show that behind such correlations lies a direct negative impact which becomes visible for those with a reduced ability to limit screen time due to family context or specific psychological characteristics. Now, this is pretty interesting from a study point of view. I mean, these are pretty detailed kind of studies. Uh, and essentially, just to summarize uh, for the benefit of our listeners, is that early smartphone usage is not really that uh, conducive for children. So, if you remember in, in the past episodes also, Shavik uh, and Dipti, you will both remember that we were talking, you know, uh, as, I mean, I come from a, a kind of generation where we used to play in the in the, in the school <laughs> so so I, I yeah i mean i'm not saying that that was uh, you know uh, perfect i mean every generation always says that you know uh, my time was the best time no i i'm not going to make that uh, stupid argument but i'm just saying yeah these kind of studies actually show that while smartphones uh, whether regardless of whether you're getting into now that we're getting into ai and jnai kind of smartphones my point is like it should not make us down right. limited that is one study that I found very interesting. And of course, the second part, which I think we all uh, would uh, probably uh, by now, the whole world has gone gaga of it, is uh, what I mean, I would say excited and apprehensive about the development. That is of uh, Elon Musk's Neuralink, yeah. where right. they had the first uh, uh, brain uh, implant in a, in a human being. They had the permission to do the US FDA trials uh, last in September, I think. So now they have implanted the first human chip. So that's something, two interesting kind of developments that uh, caught my eye. Right. You know, it's, it's interesting because I feel like there's a certain correlation between these two because even uh, there have been previous researchers which have pointed to that prolonged usage of smartphones, even in older age groups, leads to increasing distraction. Multiple generations being unable to focus on certain things um, be it at work, work productivity, in fact, certain researchers have said that productivity, in fact, declines with the extended use of social media on smartphones. And that has, of course, been a concern. But, you know, what Neuralink promises is that with these chip implants, if you can control certain impulses on your brain, of course, the use cases are very different. But there's, of course, a, a strong link to being able to control how, you know, brain functions operate. And a lot of things like distraction getting distracted due to a certain thing over time could be something that builds as a behavior over time which um, a lot of these intricacies I feel is is going to change as brain research and you know brain computer interfaces develop over time which is which is I think a, a super super interesting field Deepti have you been following this as well yeah, I, I just read, I mean, early in the morning about Neuralink and how um, the first human trial has happened. 
right and they are covering well uh, but uh, my only thing is that you know our thoughts are like really private and something like a neural link then of course consent is required but uh, you know things can be done without that also or or consent can be taken in a manipulative way as well so that was my concern right uh, with regards to neural link but of course there are benefits to it as well uh, like you mentioned a couple um having said that lesley just to go back to <laughs> the study when we were kids right or or when we were growing up and we were studying uh, we were doing our graduation there used to be studies about television and how television <laughs> was bad yes for yeah, our yeah, generation no no that's why it's, it's always important to you know understand where these studies come from there's always the concern like as you said the if i find a correlation between the, uh, neuralink and this is not so much on the so concerns definitely concerns will always be there and they should they should be because they sort of balance uh, they strike a balance between being uh, super excited about a new development without you know understanding how to put guardrails around it how to but first i think it's very important to understand that you know this brain computer interfaces or bci as they are known are not that that's not a new development that's been yeah. around for uh, almost like three four decades the work has been going on on bcis the brain computer interface Uh, there are two types of bcis uh, one is an invasive bci the other one is a non invasive one neuralink is the invasive one so the yeah. implant or uh, the chip is, is actually bigger. The... yeah the other ones are like on the top like electrodes and all that so yeah. all that stuff is being done mostly they have been done in rats and monkeys and they have found kind of stuff but i think the more important part of it is that it could give vision to the blind it could you know help with alzheimer's or parkinson's or whichever diseases kind of stuff as uh, uh, elon musk uh, for once i agree with him that if stevens hawking had been alive probably you know that would have been an amazing uh, case imagined so this is what elon musk said and yeah uh, people like stephen hawking and all would benefit immediately from these kind of interfaces and i know of many uh, pe- people who would actually benefit from this so clearly i mean the concerns are there but i think you you brought up a good point which i think even shovik should uh, weigh in on uh, as far as the uh, you know how how he looks at it because yeah we were concerned about whether tv is going to you know invade yeah. us and find out uh, and we Yeah, we have lived with it. And then we moved on from the television addiction to another kind of an idiot box addiction, which is our smartphone. It just becomes smaller. Yeah, and somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the middle, you know, there was the desktop PC generation where, you know, we uh, sit and play video games and uh, yes. Age of Empires and you know Contra and Quake and all the first generation <laughs> Unreal Tournament, all these video games which came along. I remember as a kid there was. um i grew up in calcutta so there was a newspaper called the telegraph which is still there and yeah. there was this big front page report on the telegraph this is um sometime in the 2000s which said that increasing exposure to violent video games is leading to kids becoming violent in their reaction to parents at homes uh, right you know call of duty is leading to people snapping at their parents more so this was yes. going to be a you know big big uh, thing which was kind of ruining our generation it was supposed to ruin our generation and um, then we moved on from that to you know some people stating that you know the hand eye coordination when people play video games <laughs> and the way their brain reacts improves, is yeah. artificial and it improves their ability to 
you know understand things and you know synthesize information in college and things and apparently it made us smarter so <laughs> it's it's very 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 interesting yeah i mean there are two sides yeah. to the argument always you know because like you could like some people say okay when you see uh, kind of hollywood and bollywood movies the kind of especially uh, you know the violent ones that you also you know have a tendency for uh, to be violent so that's an age old argument kind of stuff right. uh, w- what comes before the cart or the horse you know you want to put, you want to put the cart before the horse or you want to put the horse before the cart but uh, yes uh, i think there's a guy uh, an american journalist uh, an author uh, nicholas Carl, who wrote a book way back uh, i think it's almost more than a decade back called the shallows which you know talks about how the internet uh, rewires your brain or how it has been rewiring your brain and these were the kind of things that uh, so it definitely any new technology uh, tends to uh, you know rewire your brain because you 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 develop new habits so that's uh, any uh, uh, psychologist or psychiatrist might uh, t- tell you that and that's extremely true for instance uh, in london the black cab drivers were very famous they knew every you know uh, nook and corner yeah. uh, on the streets but uh, when you started getting gps imagine now everybody knows about it right. it's, it's all altogether another story that gps itself takes you to dead ends and <laughs> so oh, you yes. yeah. yeah so i think see, the thing is that you know when when one it's it's almost like if one sense goes or if if you forget one forget to do one thing a certain way then you develop a sense for another thing right and another thing becomes important and you remember that no uh i don't know i think a psychiatrist or the psychologist might be able to weigh in better because i've not focused on those kind of that's what my area of expertise but like from the uh, uh reading part of it from the research papers that are out uh i can definitely say one thing that uh let's say it now for instance like maths most of us know our uh, tables okay like i can recite tables right up to like 15 16 17 18 because i studied them in school right. okay now most kids of today would use a calcium and say why do i need to know it why should right. i clutter my brain with that yeah uh, see they have definitely a point today you have a scientific uh, calculator and you would say okay fine why should i know how to you know uh, the formula function we had to study all the uh, the formulas right Right. Uh, but now today you get everything in a scientific calculator you can actually do it in a jiffy so you may yeah. truly ask yourself or for that matter of fact uh, look at programming now ai is doing all your programming right you may ask yeah. okay now why do it so that those kind of conversations can go on ad nauseum my point is tomorrow okay now i am going to take you into a different realm both of you uh, either so just pay attention to what i'm saying sure We have seen in sci-fi movies, okay? Because our listeners are all the Gen Z, so you have seen so many sci-fi movies. You have the Gen Z, Gen X, all kind of generations listening to our podcast. Yeah. And tomorrow you have a geostorm, which disables your entire communication systems, okay? Mm-hmm. And geostorms are not something that is a figment of our imagination. Tomorrow you could have an asteroid destroying New York City. You could have an asteroid destroying many uh, parts of this uh, world with yeah. all our communication systems. You could have satellites burn out. Oh, Flares, okay. Yeah. So yeah. all these things are possible, right? Yes. What happens? Like I would still know my maths. <laughs> I would still, I would yeah. still know my basic stuff. I will still be able to get. So a person who is born and brought up in the jungles and Andamans or something would still know how to navigate. If any of us 
get stuck with our gps like we we do not like many of us don't know how to read uh, read the maps right physical mm. maps mm. there's no internet connection you don't have towers yeah when you go out to the jungle so if you're a hiker you get lost and you actually have only a physical map or you don't have an idea of how north and south works how yeah. to look at north and south how to look at the pole star how to look at the north star you know you, you you'll be dead you'll be at the bottom of the food chain anyway so yeah. i am just saying that personally i would not want to lose all the skills i would have like to strike a balance which is what we are trying to do with artificial intelligence also and with gen ai time and again people say okay let us strike a balance let us have humans in the loop i right. think that that emphasis i personally would uh, you know keep on repeating that it's important not to lose all your skill sets and not to keep on uh, you know outsourcing everything every function of yours else you'd be dead i agree i agree it's not just about i mean let's not uh, even if we don't talk about sci-fi movies right even if we uh, just even even if we talk about what's happening today it's very important to understand things uh and grasp things by their basics only then do we have that sense of ownership if we don't have if we don't understand things from you know their building blocks then that sense of ownership is no longer there and you're just a you know a peg in a machine right so it's it's as simple as that and i mean we've understood that because we used to have i remember chapters uh of industrial revolution all of these things in our textbooks right that used to help us understand why things changed what happened and it used to force us to understand these things because the only way in which we could uh research those things was to go to the library and look at different books and then you know stumble upon the information that we really truly require uh but today i i just have to type in the right keywords and i just you know eliminate everything else that i would have learned otherwise and so therefore my building blocks are not there and if i don't have building blocks then how do i have a sense of ownership of any subject that i'm pursuing so that even if you don't talk about sci-fi holds true still you know i think that's something that i think the i was recently having this conversation with a bunch of 22 year olds uh, you know the gen z has a very different way of perceiving information and uh, yes. a question came up is that why do you need a degree today <laughs> because this one yeah. person started saying that you know i read a lot i read on my smartphones a lot and yes. uh, it wasn't one of those random unsubstantiated claims by kids that oh i'm a voracious reader but he actually meant that you know i really read a lot i've taught myself how to code i see xrs of youtube videos on coding every day i read all the newspapers every morning and i follow a bunch of tech uh, personalities on linkedin and this and that and so on and so forth his point was that i am very bad at taking examinations so i could never get through to the iits and my engineering you know rank was not good enough for one of the top tier colleges um hmm. but when i go and meet my friends today a couple of his friends are in the iits and he's like i i know more about you know creating an application or trying to take a business idea a tech driven business idea to the market because he he keeps he's he's sort of like this person who wants to learn on his own and mm. uh, instead of doing engineering he ended up doing bsc psychology and he's teaching himself how to code and stuff and he was like i don't need a degree to define me and 
but his biggest point point was that you know the moment i go to circles and i try to tell people that okay i'm studying psychology but i know a lot about coding nobody takes me seriously you right. know think that oh acha ha you must be one of those people jo you know you must have seen how to code on coursera or some youtube videos and uh, you know good for you keep it up it's a good side project but nobody takes me seriously so this thing that you spoke about you know taking ownership and agency and as well as the good and the bad sides of technology i'll just bring both of your attention to the economic review which came out yesterday from the finance ministry um since this is an interim budget we didn't get a full economic survey this year but in the report um clause 1.29 um the government notes that one of the challenges confronting the indian economy is ai and uh, it's interesting because so far everything that the government has been talking about is that ai is going to sort of contribute 30% to our 5 trillion dollar economy goal and so on and so forth um what they've said here in the economy review is that the advent of ai poses a big challenge to governments around the world due to the question that it poses on employment particularly in services which is a massive part of employment in india this was highlighted in the indian in the international monetary fund as well which estimated that 40% of global employment is exposed to ai and india is not immune to the effects of ai that it will have on employment and the overall services industry which is very interesting because you know every time we keep speaking about you know the perks of ai and the positives of ai and how ai is going to help us become more efficient and so on even in the it services industry in all the big ceos keep speaking about that we are upskilling our employees so that they become more efficient as employees um but this is probably one of the first times and one of the few times that um you know a, a government that's been bullish on technology has also spoken about you know the challenge that ai poses and how that can impact lead to a significant loss of jobs in fact for that matter um what do you guys feel about it leslie you've in fact observed the it services industry for decades now um do you feel ai could kind of lead to a change a fundamental change in the way hiring happens in the sector and jobs yes see there are two ways of looking at it one of course that the it sector is not new to ai because you already had automation okay right. so almost like a decade back also i remember i used to have these discussions that i mentioned the shekharan was the, the tcs ceo for saying and then before that ramadodai and of course with infosys also and with all the other uh, it services firms we used to have these conversations and i used to ask them about linear versus non linear growth and how long uh, you know about this linear growth uh, or the human headcount uh, work for them i i remember many of them at that point in time used to dismiss it but at heart of heart they knew that it was coming because automation was already uh, getting into these kind of jobs or, uh, and a lot of um, uh, sort of offshoring was happening and uh, on site kind of uh, you know uh, all the it services companies were building on site coming because of the geopolitics part of it where they were uh, you know you had to set up centers uh, where the work was uh, so they had to do both of them uh, i think now what is happening is you have automation then you have intelligent automation so the rpa then intelligent rpa and then you have ai part of it uh how much of it is being automated how much of it is being uh, it it cuts both ways 
one of course it increases the revenue for these IT services companies because they have no other option but to do these projects but it requires a different skill set so i am not sure how many of these uh, uh, employees can actually be reskilled that is something that i think somebody has to do a deep study and then figure out ki how many people are actually getting out of the workforce because they cannot be upskilled right so that uh, yeah that that would be something so uh, from a for our listeners i think the kind of skill sets that we come up with like like today of course one of the hot skills is prompt engineering and restricted if you just to the uh, it sector the tech sector but are there other skills yeah of course you can become a ux guy you can become a cx uh, a customer experience a user experience person you can do so many other skill sets are there but will they also be automated at some point in time yes everything will be automated ai will seep into everything gen ai will make most of these things but does does that mean that this is a doomsday thing no not really i think there will be a, a lot of calls for humans in the loop okay part of it will also be government interventions because they cannot yeah. lose jobs uh because you you will have chaos because remember there are ancillary industries it is not it will, as i said yeah. uh, often it's not it will have a cascading effect it will not just it sector guys losing their job they have employed maids at home they have taken emi they have bought real estate so that you know all the ancillary industries also suffer because of that and it has an impact on the economy but remember one thing i think whenever we are talking about the impact of jobs especially in a country like india which is a developing country we need to be very uh, aware that still about 90% of our workforce is in the unorganized sector right yeah. you know we fail to understand that we fail to appreciate that fact it's extremely important for us to understand that most of our conversations of job losses etc pertain more to the organized sector even if you look at the world economic forum report on job losses they talk about jobs that are not going to be touched at this point in time at least are those of plumbers or those are electricians those are contractors yeah because for that you'll have to have these kind of ai and generative ai kind of programs embedded in robots and that is not going right. to be easy because the price of you know the cost of buying a robot will be far more expensive than the human labor as of now right what happens 5 years from now what happens 15 years from now what happens 25 from now i think nobody really knows because right. there are too many factors absolutely so as, as of now yes it's a major concern uh, upskilling is the order of the day each one has to find out like what the uh, uh, youngsters are doing and all of us it's not about youngsters it is not about any particular generation all of us have to keep on upskilling and even at my level i still have to keep on upskilling i'll become redundant right so i have to take a coursera course i have to take a udemy course i have to take stanford courses i have to take except that to answer to your point i think these certifications now are getting recognized by employers Em- uh, serious right. employees are taking these online certificates seriously saying that yes the, this person is uh, quite of you know has taken accountability and is responsible and has taken ownership of you know his own uh, upskilling so hmm. that is an important uh, point right absolutely deepthi have, have you felt at any point that your jobs going to be taken by an ai uh, substitute as well at some point uh 
so so i i generally tend to also um i'm the kind of employee who can fit in in a lot of different kinds of places and i've also had a taste of different kinds of mediums in communications so even if you know ai takes over my job i know that i will upskill myself and do something else and find something else to do and that would actually be very exciting for me to be able to upskill and to be able to see those patterns and to be able to do something new so i don't see it as a threat having said that uh, i think one should listen to this week's episode on ai rising uh, with umakant soni he says that india has to get to a point to uh, you know upskill uh, uh, themselves for ai and actually create ai ecosystems because india's da- <laughs> india has data and india is desperate right these are the two things that are working in in its favor so uh, i i i would rather you know not talk about it and have introduce you to the episode that i produced on ai rising please please go and you know listen to it yeah. i think that will give a better idea of where we stand as an economy and 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 where can we go from here that's and sure if you if, if you remember alvin toffler's quote which i often uh, you know uh, cite is that uh, the illiterate of the 21st century uh, will not be those who cannot read uh, and write but those who cannot learn unlearn and relearn relearn right yes you know the, the this let this sink in and then you realize the importance of this uh, quote <laughs> No no absolutely that is very true and uh, i think that's that's the sort of multiple debates that we keep having in various forms and various syntaxes and various and various forums but uh, on that but, note, we are going to but 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 before you conclude yes. just again once again for the listeners i want to you know stress on this word unlearn yes relearn you know because it's learning is fine every time we're talking about upskilling and learning but we seldom forget that we have to unlearn a lot and, and this does not cult. this does not pertain only to a generation uh, gap or or you know just that right. old people have to unlearn what they definitely have to unlearn what they but even youngsters anybody yeah. taking a course it becomes redundant by the time you have learned it so you have to you know constantly unlearn relearn and you know keep on learn that learning cycle is continuous so that yes. is something that is extremely important absolutely absolutely it is and uh, i think that's the main part that unlearn in fact a lot of people have said is that the unlearning what you already know for years through your degrees and stuff is probably the most difficult part and yeah, yeah the the humility to say that i you know i'm wrong yeah yeah yes that's that's very true and on that note uh, well deepthi has made a very self efficient promotion of our <laughs> podcast which is also hosted by Leslie as well as Jayant AI Rising if you're listening and you've if you've heard our episode till now definitely do go listen to the latest episode of AI Rising and on that note we will take your leave for the third week on the Mint Texatra podcast thank you so much for listening to us see you next week bye 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 so folks that's it for this episode you are listening to Mint etc you can reach out to us on linkedin if you have any questions our handles are in the description this episode was produced by me deepthi ahuja it was edited by amrinder singh catch you next week 
To stay updated on this podcast, follow us at HD Smartcast on all the major social media platforms. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to www.hdsmartcast.com. Smartcast.com.